Hey everybody, it's Tommy Canelig and welcome back to Before the Lights podcast. The show to find out how those in sports, music, and entertainment made their mark. For all your apparel and merchandise needs, go to my website, beforethelightspod.com slash merch. That's beforethelightspod.com slash merch. Joining me today in a very special bonus episode is a New York Times bestselling author, a world-class entertainer with a beautiful voice. She has appeared on Larry King Live, Access Hollywood, ETV, Entertainment Tonight, and many others. Her theatrical credits include Romeo and Juliet and Hamlet. She's a singer, actress, and the daughter of the iconic legend, Dean Martin. She's also a licensed pilot. Please welcome to the show, Dina Martin. Dina, welcome to Before the Lights. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm happy to be here. I think it says uh, John Griffith down in the corner. Uh, that's my handsome husband. I don't know how to switch it over to Dina. But thank you. I'm happy to be here with you. I'm excited. So let's start here and we're going to work our way up to where we are today. What was Dina Martin's childhood like? Oh, my gosh. It's uh, Definitely, they should all read my book, Memories Are Made of This, Dean Martin Through His Daughter's Eyes, because it's all in there. But it was it was amazing. It was fun. You know, Dean Martin was so much fun. Okay. That's, that's first off. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I had a great, let me see, I had a great life. You know, now that I, you know, think back about it and all the fun things that we did, you know, it started out bumpy, you know, my parents got divorced and, you know, and then finally when I was nine years old, I went to live with my dad and all of a sudden there we were in this big house in Beverly Hills, 601 Mountain Drive. I had three new brothers and sisters. And, you know, I mean, it was all seven kids there and, you know, my dad and, and Jeannie, my stepmom, who I called mom, I, you know, she was, she was my mom. And all of a sudden it was just like, oh my gosh. And we went to Beverly Hills Catholic school with Desi Arnaz Jr. And Lucy Jr. And Anita Montalban. And, you know, I, I mean, it was just an incredible life here. Here we are um, now all these years later and I'm still, you know, entertaining and, and dad was still so funny and fun. And it was quite, there's, you know, ups and downs, you know, through people's lives. And I've had, you know, all of them and you, you come through at the end. And thank God, you know, the way I was uh, raised is to treat people the way you want to be treated, be kind and, you know, work hard and everything should, you know, it, it's going to be all right. Listeners, go to my show notes. I'm going to put a link to the book, Memories Are Made of This. Dean Martin through his daughter's eyes, stories of the Rat Pack. So go there and get your hands on this book. We're probably going to touch on a few more of those items, Dina, in the show. Okay. How did your father balance being an entertainer, a husband, and a father? Yeah, and play golf. Yeah, and play golf. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the yeah. most important part. Oh, yeah. He told me one day, he said, Dina, the reason why I work is so I can take care of you kids and play golf. He loved it. And in the house, he would walk around, you know, with a with a putter or a uh, maybe his, you know, three iron or something like that. And he would practice his grip all the time. So, I mean, that's that's one thing to tell you the truth. I don't know how he did it, except, you know, to be able to do all of those things. And he was very organized with his time. He was always on time. He, you know, he he taught me. He said, be early. If you're not early, you're, you're late. 
You have to be uh, cognizant of other people's time. And, you know, everybody's just as important as you are. Get there. They have their time. And so he compartmentalized. I guess that would be the word. You know, he timed everything out and uh, he knew exactly what he was doing. I knew he would walk in the back door. You know, I could hear him walk in just before, you know, about an hour before dinner. He'd walk in and he would go right down to the bar. He would grab a, um, a Wonder Bread, a piece of Wonder Bread, put butter on it, fold it in half and walk in, you know, to the to the living room down to the bar and have a, a cocktail with Jeannie, you know, with our mom. And they would talk. And then after an hour, we'd all go into the the dining room, you know, all seven of us and, uh, you know, and and then sit down there and have a fabulous dinner. He was funny. But then you knew and then he would maybe go upstairs after work if he was going to be doing a movie and go through his script. Um, but he was just everything. He knew what he was doing. Mm. All right. And he made he made time for everything. And I think it's because he was so good at keeping time, <laughs> you know, and being on time. And that was one of his one of his things. I don't know how he did it all to tell you the truth. How much did for you being around Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr. and your father have an influence on you to want to become an entertainer? Oh, Uncle Frank and Uncle Sammy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. They were, they were huge. And they're right behind me right now, as you can see. I can see that. uh, Yeah, you know, just great. But they taught me so much. I watched them. But I knew, you know, I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be in in show business. I love to sing and dance. And thank heavens, you know, I was given ballet lessons, tap lessons, um, uh, piano lessons. And I was in all the school plays and, you know, things like that. So I knew what I wanted to do. But it wasn't until I think when I went to Capitol Records, Capitol Studios with my mom and we sat down walking down that hallway going into Studio A, Capitol Records, and you know, going down there and walking into the room. And there were the, all the musicians. And my dad was standing there. And that's when he recorded Memories Are Made of This. Mm. And they said, I think we have a hit. And it was. It was first his first number one hit. And I was there. That's why I named you know, the, uh, the book Memories Are Made of This, Dean Martin Through His Daughter's Eyes. But I knew right then that that's what I wanted to do. One day I want to record here. And of course I did, mm-hmm. you know, years later. And that was an overwhelming, uh, you know, feeling. But Uncle Frank taught me how to uh, phrase. He said, Dina, what you have to do is live with the song. And as you grow, as you age, the song will become, you know, have more meaning for you. You'll, you know, never really try to sing it the same way twice. Just let, you, let it come from your heart and just, you know, see how you're, how you're feeling with it. Live with the song. Sammy Davis Jr., unbelievable. Taught me how to dance. Uh, <laughs> I wore his tuxedo. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many, as I say, stories in the book. But just watching all of them on stage together in Las Vegas at the Sands Hotel, when you, uh, you hear the announcers say, ladies and gentlemen, the Sands Hotel is proud to present the star of our show, direct from the bar, Dean Martin. And then he would walk out, and he looked so cool in his tuxedo, red pocket square. And he sang and he was funny. Never sang the song all the way through. He said, if you want to hear the whole song, buy my album. <laughs> you know, and, and then Uncle Frank would come out and Uncle Sammy would come out. And you could, you could tell how they loved each other. They, they had that look in their eye. You know, they weren't jealous of each other. They just let the other one shine. And I mean, just to watch them, I said, okay, this is what I have to do. 
I'm going to be up on the stage at the Sands Hotel. And, and I did. So it's, uh, but they taught me everything and they were so cool. And, um, you know, lucky me that I was able to, uh, to be with those guys and also go to the Dean Martin show. Uh, and, you know, there I am with Peggy Lee and Ella Fitzgerald. Uh, so imagine, uh, you know, the people that I was able to, uh, to meet and we'd be at Christmas Eve at our house and Rosemary Clooney would be sitting next to me and we'd be singing, uh, wow. have yourself a merry little Christmas. I'm going, I'm sitting here with Rosemary Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> An amazing life, I, I must say. On top of being amazing, I think it's going to kick up a notch because you may be one of very few people that have spent some time with icons like Marilyn Monroe and Elvis <laughs> Presley as well. On top of Rosemary Clooney and all these people, do you recall any time spent with Marilyn or Elvis? Well, my favorite time with uh, Marilyn, and I uh, met her a couple times, was uh, we're at 601 Mountain Drive. It's the house, the big house that we all grew up in. Also, you know, Craig, Claudia, Gail, Dina, Dino, Ricky, Gina, you know, my mom and dad. And Marilyn Monroe came over. And I'll never forget it. We were, Dino and I, my brother, Dean Paul, uh, Captain Dean Paul, we were down in the living room and we were doing the twist mm. for Marilyn Monroe <laughs> while Bobby Darren was singing up a lazy river down the old mill Unbelievable. That is and unreal. Can you believe that? I did the twist for Marilyn Monroe with my brother and Bobby Darren singing. So that was remarkable. And I have lots of, uh, I have uh, paintings of Marilyn Monroe downstairs in our in our fabulous uh, dining room. But Elvis Presley, and I think I was nine, I guess you know when I met uh, when I met him, and we went to uh, we went to Paramount Studios with Dad. He invited us to come down to Paramount, and we're standing out in front of his uh, his dressing room at outside, you know, standing out there. And all of a sudden, I see this man drive up in his uh, on a bicycle. And it's Elvis. Oh, my gosh, it's Elvis Presley. He came over, he stopped, and, uh, you know, we were introduced to him, and he knelt down, took my little hand in his, and he said, you know, I love your father, Dina. And, in fact, they call me the king of rock and roll, but your dad, he's the king of cool. <gasps> oh, my gosh, I, said, I have to breathe. <laughs> I couldn't believe he was. It's Elvis, and uh, it was, you know, quite something. And, of course, I saw him many times after that. Uh, but that was a thrilling to me that he would say he's the king of cool. That's and, awesome. You know, oh man. And dad was the king of cool. Mm -hmm. Still is. You trained professionally at Dartington college of arts in the UK and then co-starred in the national Broadway tour of Neil Simon's play star spangled girl with George Hamilton and Jimmy Boyd. What did yeah. that teach you, Dina? Wow. Uh, it, wow. What did it teach me? It was so much fun being now. First of all, I had studied and I had I, I knew about you know being on stage and you know doing it in theater. George Hamilton, however, had not. He was fantastic in all of his TV roles and you know movie stars. So this was his first play that he was doing, you know, a live uh, stage play. And as luck would have it, we had Neil Simon's brother, Danny Simon. Neil Simon wrote the play *Star Spangled Girl*, and uh, Danny was directing us. And he was, of course, a fabulous director. And, you know, I had, we were the national touring company, but 
I learned everybody's lines. This is what I was always taught in case somebody goes up on their lines because there's no cue cards. And, uh, and so I, you know, I helped, I helped George through it and he was fabulous. Jimmy Boyd was such a pro anyways. And it was just the three of us. That's the whole cast. And we had so much fun. And I really learned about um, how you have to keep, you know, cause it was a long time, the national touring company. So you have to make it fresh and, uh, you know your lines and sometimes some will come up, you know, someone will go up on their line and then you have to say the line kind of like the way they should have. So it taught me discipline. It taught me uh, humility. I was doing, um, I'm trying to think of the play. I shot in the dark with Michael Cole where I, you know, I was the uh, Audrey Hepburn and she was blind. And, uh, you know, so I'm there doing the play with, uh, with Michael Cole. He was from the mod squad. And I think it was his first play too, but he fell off the stage uh, you know, he got too close to the end, you know, so you have to uh, live performances are always fun. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was quite something to uh, to be able to travel around and do these uh, plays. And it just it just added so much more to uh, me as an actor and, you know, the whole, the whole life experience. And it's 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 pretty amazing. In 2013, you released Destination Moon. That included a duet with your father on Cole Porter's tune, True Love. I mean, I listened to it. It's fabulous. Where did this idea come from? I mean, I, I get the idea, but how did you pull it off? It was uh, amazing. My handsome husband, John, he found the original handwritten Nelson Riddle arrangement of uh, Cole Porter's True Love. And so we went in. We always, always have fabulous you know, musicians and we re-recorded the track and I went to, you know, there was, you know, Capitol, you know, I had the headset on and we had, um, Al Schmidt was the engineer. Al Schmidt is the one who put together unforgettable with Nat King Cole and Natalie Cole. So he was the one that, you know, put their, their voices together. So I knew we were in good hands and I'm there at Capitol and I'm singing the song, you know, I have on the headset because I hear the the music, fabulous music. And then I hear my dad's voice and it was, I couldn't get through it the first time, but I'm holding his chart. It says Dean Martin, you know, Cole Porter, uh, true love. And I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm trying to get through it. it. Took me about three or four times. And, you know, so I finished it and it was so beautiful. And Al Schmidt says, come on inside. So I went into the booth and he played it for me and I cried. It was so overwhelming because it's perfect how he blended it together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for me, and I do it on all of my shows, I have a fabulous video of, you know, photographs and things. And it's very hard for me to get through it when I'm doing it live uh, and looking at the, I can't look at the pictures <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, it's really overwhelming. Sometimes I can't get through it. Uh, but it's such a beautiful song and the way my dad sang, it was just, you know, fabulous. So it's near and dear to my heart. True love. What could be better than that? It's fabulous. And speaking of all that, of having a hard time and giving tribute to your father, you did a concert to honor your father on his hundredth birthday. <sighs> I mean, that had to feel so special for you to do. And how difficult was it for you to get through that? You know, it was it, it was a remarkable, remarkable thing. We did it in um, in Las Vegas at the uh, I think the South Point. I had all the gold diggers. They all showed up. 
Unbelievable. Now that's like herding cats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're all beautiful. And they're fabulous singers and dancers. And my poor husband, John, who produced the whole thing, he says, come on, ladies, you know, it's time to rehearse. We're going to do the show. And, but it was so wonderful to be on stage and have, you know, my fabulous band and these fabulous arrangements and the gold diggers. So it was really, it was an up, it was just spectacular to be able to do that and to have the humor And the audience was just, they couldn't believe it. It was so much fun. And it wasn't, it wasn't a sad thing. It was a, it was a great thing, but to be there with the gold diggers and, and the audience in that setting, because it reminds me a a great deal of the, uh, let's see, of the Sands Hotel. But, you know, I mean, it was just a spectacular feeling for me. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go back. We'll, We'll do another one. You know, I mean, always, I just love to honor Dean Martin. I mean, he was just uh, incredible. I live in Las Vegas, so I'm sorry I missed that, but I'll be looking for it the next time you come back through with that one for sure. Okay. I'm sorry you missed that (laughs) one. And uh, so we'll probably be there doing, uh, you know, Dina Martin celebrity roast again. Mm. You know, we, I've roasted Joe Montaigne and, you know, and, and Dennis Bono. But it's fabulous. And all the comedians who come and we do a real Dina Martin celebrity roast. So I'll have to invite you the next time we think about doing one of those. I would be honored to come. In 2016, you had your fifth LP release, Swing Street, that has 15 Uh. tracks that include I've Been Around, New York State of Mind, Quando, 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 and Tennessee Whiskey. You recorded (laughs) at Capitol Records in the same room your father recorded in. Dina, if you would speak about one, the LP, and then two, the feelings of being in that same room that your dad recorded in. It was quite remarkable. And again, as I say, you know, because I was there when he recorded Memories Are Made of This. So walking down that hallway, I don't know if you've ever been there. No, I've not. But it's lined with big photographs, black and white photographs. And it's a Peggy Lee, um, Judy Garland, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Nat King Cole, the Beatles. And you know, as you're walking down that, that hallway, you go, oh my gosh, we're going into Studio A. Then you walk in there and it's all the musicians are there. And some of the people, of course, who played on my dad's art records when I was there, Cipriani, uh, you know, on, on the flute or, you know, and the clarinet. So I'm there and I'm going, oh my gosh, this is remarkable. And Patrick Williams was conducting and he wrote a lot of the songs. And as I say, we had Al Schmidt. So it was an unbelievable experience for me to be doing to be doing that there with those musicians and that that time so swing street and it's perfect but those songs were so great and i have to say that uh chris walden who was the one who uh he did the the arrangement and conducting for new york state of mind did it you know just beautiful and to sing you know tennessee whiskey because it's a song i always loved uh, yeah, I mean, Chris Stapleton, you know, it was fantastic. So it was a great mix of music and it was just an uh, overwhelming experience again for me to be there. Uh, and it was so much fun. I had the A team. And in fact, on my website, dinamartin.com, you can click on Swing Street and it shows, it, it shows the whole experience. We have like a 360 degree camera. So I was able to, you know, sing a song. We've got Patrick and he's, conducting and there's all the musicians and my uh, my musical director Rick Creevy on the piano is it's quite it's quite fantastic so people can look at that and it's fun to show what it was like at Capitol 
And uh, we're going to go back there and do some more. DinaMartin.com, go to the show notes. I'm going to put a link. You can also see where she's going to be performing at. You can sign up for her newsletter to get informed when that is. But if you want to see Dina before then, 76 weeks in a row, Facebook live shows on Fridays, folks. Make sure you get tuned in on YouTube, her website, or Facebook. You can catch Dina every Friday doing about an hour show, singing, talking, having a couple drinks. A great idea. You got. It looks like you have so much fun doing this. And she's got a drink I right there. I got a sippy poo. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> and then on Sunday night, I have the radio show. And where can they find that at, Dina? I think it's 77 WABC. They can go onto my website, and I think you can click there. And uh, I think this is my eighth one that we've uh, we've done. And I'm playing all the fabulous songs. And I say, who wrote it? Who arranged it? And, you know, so, I mean, it's a fun show. So it'd be nice for them to listen and make requests yes. with songs they would like to hear. Same thing with my uh, Facebook live show. They can, you know, send me emails. I mean, send me Dina, dinamartin.com. You know, just keep in touch and let me know what songs they would like to hear. I've, I've learned over this past year, over the 77 shows that we've done, well, it'll be 77, um, 70 new songs that we've had, you know, that we've written new arrangements for and, and things like that. So it's been quite uh, tiring. It's a lot of work, but I got a great crew. I've got, you know, John, my handsome husband, John and Rosario and Rick Creevy over in Boca Raton, writing the arrangements and Eddie Mena on sax in Tennessee and Vinnie Raniola in, in New York. You know, so the whole thing, it's a, I got a great team. I'm very, very lucky. Dean, when I say the word dreams, what comes to mind? Oh, dreams. Uh, gosh, uh, first of all, dream big because dreams do come true. And if you work hard, if you have something clear in your mind that you're, you know, that some people say dreams aren't uh, that clear. My dreams are very clear. And I made my dreams come true. And I'm still making my dreams come true. So it's something that, you know, in, deep in your heart, when you feel something that you really want to do, you can do it. If you, uh, if you work hard enough, I think, I think you can. My dad always taught me to, uh, you know, really work hard. And that was, that was it to treat people the way you want to be treated and work hard. And, uh, you know, when you, when you leave a place, make them happy that you were there. And, uh, you know, just, it's something that my dad always did and, you know, give to, you know, charities. I, I do a lot of, you know, uh, shows for that. It's, it's important, but always dream big and they do come true. Is this really true? Did this happen in 1968? Were you on the dating game and actually picked Steve Martin? Did that happen? I, I, I'm so glad I picked him. <laughs> I, was, I was blonde. I was blonde because I was doing you know, a, a couple. Well, I, I might have been doing. Um, well, let me see. There was a, a few movies I did when I was uh, blonde. But because I went blonde because I was doing Star Spangled Girl because she was a blonde. And yes, I was on the dating game. Picked Steve Martin because he was so funny. And I'm so glad that I picked him because the others, ah, they weren't as funny. But we went to Portofino, Italy. Wow. We had a chaperone and we went and it was, we had a lot of fun. And he's, uh, he was a wild and crazy guy. He was so, it was, it was a spectacular, a spectacular time. We really had a good time. You've done such a great job of keeping your father's memory alive. But how do you want your memory to be? Oh, I want them to know that, you know, that I was a, a good singer. I had, I had a good time. I made them laugh and I made them feel good. 
I would like for you. That's that's what's important to me is to make people feel good and, you know, forget their uh, troubles and just be entertained for a while. And just know that I was, uh, you know, I I worked hard and uh, studied hard and just to to bring a little uh, light into their lives. Dina, thanks so much for taking some time out of your crazy busy schedule (laughs) and being on my podcast. I greatly appreciate your time. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much. And you know, wow, good questions. This is this was a dream come true. I've had people, uh, you know, and interview me, and they go, "So, what have you been doing?" So, <laughs> you know what I've been doing. This is great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And when we come to Vegas, we have to get together. I would love that. Thank you so much. People, if you would follow me anywhere that podcast can be found, you can link, subscribe, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere, and follow me on Instagram at Before the Lights Podcast. Thank you for listening to Before the Lights. I'm Tommy Canale. And until next time, everybody, a salute, a chin chin. <laughs>